Ready, set, go! Welcome to the EV Diaries. This is the place where we discuss EVs in small town America. I'm your host, Ben. Yesterday, I sat through a webinar put on by the U.S. Department of Energy called Forecasting, Approach for Anticipating Market Penetration and Adoption. Now, the reason I sat through this was because it was EV forecasting. And forecasting is important to utilities because, A, we have to have the capacity to serve all of our customers. We have to plan for that capacity. We have to plan for the infrastructure. And I can tell you that sometimes getting infrastructure in is a slow process. And understand, too, that there's two sides of this. You have the bulk system, which is the generation transmission, or the way they like to refer to it yesterday as the macro level. And then you have the distribution level, which is the service from the substation to your homes and businesses, and they call that the micro level. So the webinar started out with light duty vehicles and you know, this is where most of the EV focus has been in America, primarily because of Tesla and the other auto manufacturers. If you've been keeping up with EVs and the news in general, there are a lot of manufacturers announcing new vehicles that are going to be available in 2021 or 2022. And of course, we've got the everlasting promise of an F-150 and a Silverado being electrified. But we're talking your EV, my EV, light duty, just your typical passenger car. Now, some fleets are electrified and fall in the light duty category. And if you think about it, these ride sharing companies um, and some taxi companies that are using EVs are technically light duty vehicles. What they're finding out and forecasting is that for most EV owners who charge at home at level two, there's really little to no disruption to the system. The bulk system and the distribution systems are both handling it. This is where I'd like to get into a thing called diversity. Diversity is essentially the simple fact that when you're at home, nine times out of 10, not everything is on at the same time. When we plan for diversity, we have to plan for everything, but we know that it's typically going to be less. You're not going to be charging your EV the same time that your heat pump's on or that your water heater's on or the dishwasher, the dryer, all the lights in the house. That stuff is rarely on at the same time. Now there may be some overlap, but because of diversity, not everything is on at the same time. Same things hold true for business. Not all machines are running at the same time. I will interject here um, just a tip from a utility standpoint. There's this thing that we called cold load pickup. So imagine yourself, it's the dead of winter. It's 25 degrees outside and you have a power outage. And if that outage lasts long enough to where everything cools down, it starts getting cold in the house, uh, when the electricity went on, 
your, your heat pump was running, maybe you were in the middle of doing laundry or the stove was on, whatever. Shut off everything that you don't need because when the electricity comes on, there's this inrush and a lot of times it can overload the system just for the simple fact that diversity is not there. So if you ever find yourself in an outage situation in the middle of winter, turn off everything that's not necessary. And that is your public service tip for the day. Anyway, let's talk about ride sharing. Uh, I know that there's several of the ride sharing companies that are planning to be 100% electrified in the next couple of years. We really don't know what that's gonna look like. Are they gonna have a centralized charging hub where all the drivers can come? Um, who's gonna pay for the electricity that gets used? How's that gonna work? And to be honest, we don't know if that's gonna be a potential disruption or not. Uh, we assume that there's gonna be some DC fast charging involved, just for the simple fact that if you are driving Uber, you don't wanna stop for four hours uh, while you charge your car up just to get back out there. You know, stop for 30 minutes, eat your lunch, you're good to go. As a utility, yesterday we were told long-term we need to um, look at any light duty fleet potential that we have on our system and see if the people that would have this have the hosting capacity at their facility. Do they have the infrastructure there to support charging? And what does the protection and reliability scheme look like at that location? The bulk of the discussion then shifted to medium duty and heavy duty vehicles. Um, example of a medium duty vehicle would be like a FedEx truck, uh, heavy duty, if you're looking at tractor trailers and buses. And even though that we have thought about these things, there was a presentation by the North American Council for Fleet Efficiency. It was a lot of good information. A large portion of vehicles on the road fall into the medium duty and the heavy duty category. Now most of those are regional carriers. Think about regional carriers. In town we have a UPS hub that serves six or seven counties. We have a couple of FedEx buildings and this is your last mile delivery, taking it from wherever it was coming from to your house. Also, think about um, food distributors like bread companies or any of your groceries or like Pepsi. Um, a lot of those have their own fleet and they deliver to stores in the region. And that one location will serve several counties. Of all these trucks, most are legacy diesel trucks, but the gentleman from the North American Council for Fleet Efficiency said that over the next 20 years, we can see combinations of 20 different fuel types. Now think about that, that is a lot. He also went on to point out that financially, trucking is typically a low profit, risk adverse endeavor. This alone is going to delay long haul trucking adoption. Most corporations, um, 
don't own their own fleets. They actually contract out to a logistics company. And then the logistics company turns around and contracts out to a third party. So you're looking at short-term contracts two to three years. If you have a small trunking company and you have a contract with Walmart, how quickly would you be willing to invest in an electric semi for your long hauling purposes, knowing that you've got to you know, do the maintenance and the charging, especially if you're not making much money. Things like this are definitely going to slow down that sector of, um, of America. Now, some corporations have their own fleet, and more than likely, they'll be the early adopters to electric fleet vehicles. Um, a lot of them will do it for the social currency, all of it, the environmental concerns, their commitment to renewals, their commitment to zero emissions, and a lot of them will do it with pilot projects. If they're global companies, they're probably going to do it with uh, pilot projects in Europe and Asia, and it will be, like I said, a slower adoption here in America. Um, one example that uh, has been on a lot of people's minds is the Amazon Rivion deal. That's going to be a big test. Um, a lot of that will take place in America, and we'll just see uh, we'll see how that plays out. As far as infrastructure goes, um, over the road trucking, uh, charging that, charging a bus fleet, you have to really consider your facilities and a lot layout. So you have to look to see if it's a, a greenfield project or a brownfield project is going to serve you best. And what I mean is, is it going to be better for you to build a new facility that is designed around electric trucks? Or are you going to be able to retrofit your existing locations to serve that? And from an economic standpoint, it may be easier and cheaper to start with a blank slate than it is to try to retrofit. But those are considerations these tracking companies have to make. And then you have to worry about the resiliency of the system and the reliability. And it was really interesting because the discussion after the presentation, they started talking about natural disasters and hurricanes. What happens when a hurricane comes through and destroys a lot of your electric infrastructure? How quickly can you get that restored especially if you have trucks that need to come in to bring supplies to the area, what if they're electric? Where will they charge? How is that going to work? Uh, a, lot, a lot of really good questions. And then a point was made about this whole COVID-19 pandemic. Um, grocery shipping doubled in the last couple of months. I mean, it was going 24-7. Auto part suppliers that were supplying Toyota and Volkswagen all the manufacturers, that fell to nothing because nobody was making cars. So you could have a big load shift and you have to be able to plan and adapt. And like I said, 
from the utility side of things, sometimes that adapting is a slow process. One interesting point uh, that falls right in line with this is that Tuesday, July 14th, 2020, 15 states and Washington, D.C. vowed to replace 30% of the existing transportation sector in those states by 2030. They actually have a 100% shooting for 2050, but they have vowed to electrify 30% of their transportation sector by 2030. So there you go. It's an ESPN moment, 30 for 30. Um, before this, the predictions were that, uh, based on the uh, National Council for Electric Efficiency and some studies that they had privy to, somewhere between 9 and 20% of the medium-duty um, sales, sales of new vehicles, that's going to increase in the U.S., uh, the heavy-duty vehicles are expected to increase anywhere from uh, 3 to 13 percent. Now, this is over the next decade. So, this electrification of this part of the vehicle base in America, it's coming. So, the point of the whole webinar was, let's get prepared. Now, my take on the whole thing is... Of course, this is a good thing. Um, I think this is going to drive tech improvements, especially in battery technology. And we're already seeing how the um, light-duty vehicles are changing battery technology. Early adopters for this uh, medium-duty, heavy-duty truck um, will probably actually have an easier time getting service as it will as the grid increases unless the utilities are really proactive and overbuild what they need just in anticipation. Um, like I said, this group, you're going to have less diversity. You're going to have all your buses trying to charge in the middle of the night or all your trucks trying to charge before they go out and make their deliveries the next day. It's uh, definitely a a lot of things, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things to be considered, uh, especially when you throw in the financial aspect of uh, charging and demand. It's, uh, it's just a lot to take in, but it's time to start planning for this. That's all I have for today. Hit that subscribe button, and just remember the EV revolution is here, so buckle up. It should be a fun ride.